Hey everyone, welcome to Local Legends Uncovered. I'm your host, Kyle Newton, and today we're going to be discussing the Northern New Hampshire legend that I told earlier this week about the mysterious disappearance of Mr. Poor. If you haven't heard it yet, feel free to go anywhere you can download podcasts and type in Local Legends. So, for everyone who did hear it, let's begin. Let's get started. First off, quick little shout out to everyone who's been listening so far. I greatly appreciate the support. It's It's been awesome. The messages have been great, as well as the local legends you guys have been sending me. Keep messaging me those, and I'll look into them one at a time. For everyone else who maybe hasn't listened before and this is your first time, welcome. I uh, hope you enjoyed as much as everyone else. Just going to give a quick layout of what I do. Uh, local legends post twice a week for you to listen to. The first story is the actual legend itself. What I've heard through asking different people and what I've been able to pick up about the legend. The second episode, the follow-up, is set further separating fact from fiction. What might be real, what might be fake, and my beliefs on it, and if the uh, myth might hold any credence. That being said, I should probably mention that because this is the Peter Poor follow-up episode, we're going to be focusing on that, and for anyone who hasn't heard the story yet, I'm not going to go into too much detail, don't want to ruin it. It's all about Peter Poor, a gentleman from Shelburne, New Hampshire, northern reaches up in Coos, the White Mountains. He vanished one day, disappeared. A lot of people claim that he was killed by a Native American raiding party, the last recorded one to be specific. A lot of people, such as myself and mostly the locals, I, I noticed it's really weird, the locals, the closer you get to the actual trailhead itself of Peter Poor. If you type in Peter Poor Trailhead Gorham, New Hampshire, you'll, you'll be able to find it. I recommend going for the small walk. It's about 10 minutes. But going back, uh, the closer you get to this trail, the more people believe that something else had happened. It wasn't just a Native American raiding party kind of thing. And that's where this all started for me. I grew up within that town of Gorham, uh, Berlin and Gorham. I bounced between the two because of my family. But they were no more than 10 minutes away from each other. So I grew up listening to the legend of Peter Poor and the Native Americans. And then one day, I was preteen, I think I was 11 or 12. <clears throat> Sorry. 11 or 12. I remember hearing about... New Hampshire's version of Bigfoot. I mean, when you're that young, you think Bigfoot, 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 it's all just Sasquatch, it's all legend. And then I started looking deeper into it. The New England Sasquatch, no, like I said, known as the Puckwudgie, stands three feet tall. It has pointy ears, matted fur, claw-like. Uh, it's bipedal, stands on two feet. Its feet are clawed. And this creature is known for causing little bits of mischief, stealing stuff, moving stuff, basically just being a hassle to people who walk within their territory. If you're from Massachusetts, I know for a fact there's a swamp. I can't think of it right now. Uh, I'll try and post it later. But there's a swamp that is notorious for claiming Puckwudgie sightings. They're usually seen with mud matted to them and up in my area, the reason that Puckwudgies are so popular is because my town uh, has the Appalachian Trail 
cut through it. And the Appalachian Trail is a big hiking trail starting, yes, starting in Georgia for all of you hikers. It starts in Georgia, makes its way up to Maine. So, uh, again, a little bit of research uh, shows that if you look up Gorham Appalachian Trail reports, Gorham, New Hampshire Appalachian Trail reports, a lot of people claim to see a monkey in the trees jump down and swim in the water to get away from them. Some people have even claimed that they've seen a furry humanoid creature throw rocks at them. I would say maybe about one of these come up a year, maybe two. There was one time when I was really young and three, there was three times in a year and the the whole town was in a huff about that. I, I, I remember bits of that. But these puckwudgies, people don't really look into them because if you're on the Appalachian Trail up here, it's kind of just believe that you're smoking weed or something, drinking, you know, just doing not great stuff. So you probably have been tricked into seeing a couple of things. But when you start looking more and more into these creatures, it gets weird how the descriptions remain the same. It's not just like... Bigfoot, you know, you hear in Alaska how he can pick trees up, put them upside down, and then he smashes them into the ground, and that's his, uh, that's how he marks his territory. And then down in Colorado, you hear about how they do other stuff with, like, moss. The puckwudgies here in New England have always been the same. Mischief. No one's really ever been hurt. Stuff has gone missing. Little chittering noises and clawed feet, long bushy tail. It's all consistently been the same. So, sticking to what my father told me, if it looks like a duck, sounds like a duck, and acts like a duck, it's probably a duck. I've never touched a puckwudgie. I can't say I've ever held one. But I don't know what else this creature could be. And that's why I am so fascinated with the Peter Poor legend. Maybe it wasn't a Native American raid, and it, and he, in fact, was the first person to have severe harm done by these puckwudgies. But a lot of people dismiss that because up here, if you believe in the Native American myth about Peter Poor, you also believe, most people, I shouldn't throw everyone else up uh, together, shouldn't group people up like that, a lot of people believe that a puckwudgie is nothing more than a raccoon. I love raccoons. My wife wants one as her own pet. I think raccoons are pretty interesting. But if you're going to tell me that a raccoon climbs up into the trees and throws rocks at you for fun, I don't know about that. And like I said, there are too many diary reports from colonial soldiers, uh, farmers, different, different legends themselves. This won't be the only time I talk about puckwudgies. I've got six episodes lined up, and I've got to mention these guys at least one or two other times down the road because their legends are so popular up here. There's even uh, caves. If you go walking around, there's even Native American uh, hieroglyphics, I guess, but markings along the wall of the little furry man that the Native Americans were friends with. Now, I personally think that it might be puckwudgies. I don't think they're raccoons. I've I've been down this road, the, the North Road. Go to Gorham, New Hampshire. Go down the North Road. 
it brings you right over to Maine. Um, maybe don't do it if, because I know we're we're in the um, COVID stuff right now. So just if you can't leave, you know, you guys in Massachusetts or, or something like that, wait. When you can get up here, go to that spot, Gorham, New Hampshire, North Road. Just look Appalachian Trail. Highly recommend. It's a, it's a quick little walk. Oh, and like I said, the drive is really nice as well. The reason that I don't think the Pukwudgies are raccoons, because when you're 16, you want all the freedom you can get. When you can, when you can drive, you want all the freedom you can get. And where my freedom was, was going right down that north road. I would hike. I would just drive away. There's, it's a beautiful canopy of trees that kind of bend over the road. If you want to go see a great, perfect New England image in fall, go down the north road and take a picture. You will not be disappointed. I've and, and saying that I have traveled miles, hundreds of hundreds of miles have been put on my cars because I just like that road as well as my legs. I've walked up and down those trails and you see stuff. You see weird stuff. Like there was a time a friend of mine and I were driving back from Maine. This was about two years ago. We saw something jump from the from one tree to the other tree within the canopy that I mentioned. I got freaked out. I kept driving, but my friend kept slapping me in the arm, turning back around. He wanted to go and find it. I have never seen such a large four-legged creature use its limbs to hop over the tree. And most people think that it was a squirrel. Uh, no, way too big. This thing was heavy also. The tree branch, not the twig, the tree branch bent a little bit. Like this was a large creature. When when you start telling your friends you see weird stuff, you lose some friends because they think you're a little crazy, as well as gain a few new friends who are like, oh, I saw that too, I saw this. And then you start building upon that and going around doing research with these people. Uh, there's a little cemetery along the North Road that's claimed to have these puckwudgies go and visit. The weirdest one of the weirdest experiences I had was actually uh, with my with my stepmother. I was with her and someone else. I don't quite remember why, but we went down North Road for some reason. Went down to the trail. I think I just wanted to go. I heard them talk about it, so I just wanted to go. And we left a whole bunch of coins behind. They, they say that if you don't want the puckwudgies to get you, you leave something silver behind. And so people just kind of throw dimes and nickels behind them, and it's kind of fun. Uh, if Puckwudgies aren't real, it's probably just some dude who's really rich on nickels and dimes. One day, we're picking up a whole bunch of trash, and as we walk by... Yeah, I know, we're picking up trash to leave nickels and dimes. I, I got you. But I'd rather leave a nickel behind than a Pepsi bottle. And that's what, basically, we were doing. So we're cleaning up a whole bunch of that, or, you know, we, we started to. And as we doubled back, because, you know, we had all the trash, we had to go bring it into the car. None of the coins could be found. Uh, it started freaking out, uh, uh, less than my stepmother, but more of the friends that we were there. It just start, started getting a little nervous, you know, just kind of weird. Even if it wasn't puckwudgies, who's around? Why is why are nickels and dimes being picked up? So we quickly quickly got out of there. Uh, again, I don't remember. I can't really remember a lot of the details. I just remember us leaving that silver behind, and we got really freaked out. And ever since, I've always gone over, and sometimes I throw coins, and, and they're gone, and sometimes they're not. It's a weird sensation. 
thinking you knew where like a quarter was and then it's not there anymore. You start wondering where people might be, who might be there. And sometimes, you know, maybe it is a raccoon. I don't know. Maybe raccoons just like money. Could be. I don't know. But again, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a raccoon. Raccoons run away from you. If you look up the record, if you look up the history, there's actually a bunch of, uh, British soldiers that were being chased through the White Mountains one day, and they said that their worst trouble was trying to fend off the weird little creatures that would throw pine cones at them from the trees. Raccoons don't do that. They run and hide. They don't want to fight you. They'd rather try and open your trash can. They don't want to deal with any of that nonsense. So I, I personally do not think that it's puckwudgies at all. Uh, a lot of things that seem to give people credence to that, though, is their bushy tail, their clawed feet, the chittering noises. The noises that they make are described similarly to that of a raccoon. I personally don't believe it because I've seen stuff. I have a picture uh, for anyone who's interested in the possibility, you know, trying to help me figure out if this picture is a raccoon or something else. Uh, feel free to message me uh, on my Instagram at locallegends.com. N-E. You can find me there. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. Do, do a little bit of research yourself. Tell me what you found. Or maybe go for a little hike and send a few pictures. Tag me in it so that we can see if you, maybe you found some puckwudgie trails. Or I don't know if they... I don't know what their droppings look like. I don't know. Maybe not send me that. But, you know, claw marks and stuff. Or any of your personal stories if you've been hiking and you've seen these small creatures any of my massachusetts friends if you guys can tell me uh that swamp i'd love to get back and maybe even go looking around that could be one of my later episodes but for those of you that want to do your own research and you're kind of stuck at home look up peter poor gorham new hampshire you want to spell poor the way you normally do p-o-o-r I did a little bit of research at first, and Peter Poor with an E at the end is not right. It leads to someone different. So again, Peter, P-E-T-E-R, Poor, P-O-O-R, and look up Gorm, New Hampshire, or a last Native American raid, Peter Poor. There's actually a bit of information out there, and if you called, uh, I don't know about calling Gorm, but if you visit the town hall, they kind of have some newspaper clippings about local legends and possiblies. But honestly... If you want to hear about the story, if you really want to get to know what it could have been, go walking around town. Go walk around town and in the park or something like that, six feet away, if you, you know, uh, you can still talk to people. Ask them about the story. Hey, you know, I'm here hiking. I'm just curious about it. Do you know any local legends? And I promise you, Peter Poor will come up. You can either wait for it or you can just bring it up to someone in the town Peter Poor will eventually uh, find find his way into your ear. I assure you of that. If you want to look up Pukwudgies, I highly recommend... Maybe I should help you spell it first. P-U-C-K-W-U-D-G-I-E. Pukwudgie. Those can be found, there's a lot of stuff about that, particularly in Massachusetts. Some of those legends are really creepy, and I'm going to be diving into those once I kind of work my way down from New Hampshire with these local legends. I'd look into it, maybe look up uh, the descriptions of a raccoon, see what your opinions are. 
Tell me what you think uh, on Messenger, uh, Facebook. I also do um, Local Legends NE there also. NE is in New England. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, hope you guys had a good time. Hope maybe you learned a few things. Maybe you've got your own opinions on Peter Poor. I don't know. Either way, I hope to see you out on the trail. And I will be talking to you next week about the local legend of a lesser-known witch to be burned in New Hampshire, well before the Salem Witch Trials. If you're interested, make sure you follow me and uh, keep up so you, so you can keep up with us. Until next time, guys, my name is Kyle Newton. This is Local Legends, and once again, thank you for listening.